Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hey, how are we? I am neck deep in Alabama Rush TikTok, I'm sure. Anybody who listens to this and goes on TikTok probably is as well. (laughs) I find it hard to believe that you wouldn't be. Um, You know, I'm just reeling at the news of Michaela getting dropped from all her houses. (laughs) It's it's unwell. I am hoping next year there will be a Netflix show about this. I think they could get a cheer-style show. I'd be really excited. But I'm not going to talk about it because... It's every video on my TikTok right now, and I'm assuming it's every video on your TikTok right now. If you don't go on TikTok, um, you should. I mean, you just download it. it. The reality is, is that you're watching them on Instagram anyway, probably. If you watch reels on Instagram, especially if you send reels to other people, get on TikTok. Just get on TikTok. It's the easier way to consume all that content. Cookie will be going wild. I am watching Cookie alone this weekend. My parents are out of town and it's been fine, but she realizes if she barks, I'll take her out. And as you all know, Cookie barks a lot, but I am like hyper terrified of her needing to go out and me missing it because suddenly it's my responsibility. So I've taken her out like 18 times in the last two days. Oh, it's such a nightmare. But anyway, how is everybody? I am fine. Things are good. School starts again in like two weeks and I'm not quite ready for that. Um, You know, the Delta variant. <laughs> Don't feel great about that. Remember in May and June when like we were vaccinated and things were good? Just ready for that third booster shot personally. It was a Teen Mom reunion this week, so I'm going to do a throwback episode. It's also not a Teen Mom reunion, excuse me. There was no episode of Teen Mom, and I believe there aren't episodes of Teen Mom for the next two weeks, so I think next week I might do something totally non-Teen Mom related at all. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll do like a True Life episode. The thing with True Life is that it's not available online. Um, at least once a week, somebody reaches out to me and is like, you can watch True Life on Amazon. True Life is on Paramount Plus. And like, it's not. Not the episodes that I want to watch. I only want to watch early seasons. They do not exist online. <laughs> and I like I check really regularly. And I'm not kidding. At least once a week, somebody says this to me. And I always have to be like, no, not the episodes that I want. (laughs) I just really like I would like to do an episode next week on True Life. I am addicted to ecstasy, but I won't be doing that because MTV is personally punishing me. First, they continuously make me watch this teen mom show. And then they won't put old real world in true lives on Paramount Plus. I will say though, if you guys didn't know this, there's a bunch of Teen Mom up on Paramount Plus. I actually like Paramount Plus. I in the past had CBS All Access because something to know about me is that I'm a good wife stan. Um, (laughs) That's my truth that I have to live with. So I've been watching The Good Fight despite The Good Fight not being a good show. So I had CBS All Access in the past and then got Paramount Plus. It was like, 
a year deal was like 50% off or something. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll get Paramount Plus. There's actually like a decent amount of stuff on there. I It's nice to see it all together. I like um, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, which I did on my Patreon last week. Marie and I did an episode on Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, which was super fun. But you can watch every episode of that on Paramount Plus. They have a bunch of Teen Moms up. I don't think all of them, but like it looks like they have seasons one through seven of Teen Mom OG, which is good. I've been noticing in the Reddit, suddenly there's like a bunch of people posting about old episodes. And I'm like, oh, I think a lot of people's interest got sparked again when it went on Netflix, those two seasons. And now a bunch of people are watching on Paramount Plus. So that's just a little tip. I have too many streaming services. It's... (laughs) I don't I don't know. And then like I realize I sign up for stars so I can watch a movie and then I fucking forget that I've signed up for it. And suddenly via Amazon, I've been paying for stars for three months. I'm so bad with money is really what that is. But I would say get Paramount Plus, watch The Good Wife. (laughs) Actually, only watch seasons one and two of The Good Wife because here's the thing. Once Kalinda and Alicia stop being friends, it's not a very good show. Seasons one and two are excellent. Seasons three and on, not so great. But, you know, my cross to bear is like standing shows that are not that good. Oh, something else that I've watched. Just here are some random things in my life that I'd like to recommend. If you have Apple TV, you know, another one. Why do I have Apple TV? I don't fucking know. I've this this is the first time I've ever watched Apple TV and yet I've had it for over a year or something because I got it for free with my iPad and then I don't I don't know I just have Apple TV but you should watch physical on Apple TV with Rose Brynn I might have talked about this last week I loved it it's like major trigger warning for eating disorders it's maybe one of the most graphic eating disorder shows I've ever seen um it's like not graphic in that they're like I mean, they show her binging, but they do, they have her doing voiceovers for her internal monologue. And it's, it's like, if you suffer with self-hate and like, um, just like if eating disorder stuff triggers you, avoid this show at all costs. But if it doesn't, I think it's really great. I really, really liked it. The whole first season is up. Watch that. Last night I watched the first episode of Reservation Dogs on Hulu. It's an FX show, but I don't like all of X stuff. FX stuff goes on Hulu. I don't. I don't get it. I don't really understand why. I know that FX and Hulu are both owned by Disney because Disney bought Fox. And my understanding is that Disney puts like their adult shows on Hulu versus Disney Plus. Um, except for some reason, The Simpsons is on Disney Plus and not Hulu, which is really fucking annoying because. I have Disney Plus, but I don't I would like it to be on Hulu because Hulu is my favorite streaming app and I would like to just be able to access everything at once, you know. Um, So definitely watch Reservation Dogs. It's about four kids that live on a reservation. Uh, They're Native American. All of the actors are Native American. It is made by a Native American. Most of the show or uh, writers or maybe all of the writers are Native American. It is really good funny and good and it's like beautifully shot it there I think there's a second episode up already that I'm going to watch this evening but the first episode at least was really well done and I highly suggest you watch it also if you want like 
a shitty but fun, cozy mystery series to listen to on Audible. I started the Davis Way series. I think it's by the person who did. Um, what are those books called? Like One for the Money? The Stephanie Plum books, which I read some of those like a million years ago. But there's another series. The first book is called Double Whammy. I really like the narrator. It's really cozy mystery. Like it's that like it's not great but as far as I'm on this like almost finished the second book now and as far as like a an audio series I don't know if you guys know this but I love audio book series I (laughs) I listen to the same ones over and over and over again uh I've talked about this before I I've read that it has something to do with like anxiety and ADD like consuming content that you already know it's very calming to me to listen and watch the same stuff over and over again. That's why I watched The Good Wife season one and two like a hundred times and why I watch the same episodes of SVU all the time and why I listen to the same books over and over and over again. I guess it's just like a, a calming thing for people with anxiety or ADHD and or both. I don't know. I read like a Twitter comment about it once. Someone's like, oh yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> That's where I get all of my scientific sources from. One one single Twitter comment. But I really like audiobook series, and I would definitely recommend these Davis Way books. The narrator is really good. Um, I think that's it for like things that I want to recommend. We can now talk about Teen Mom. Teen Mom was... Oh, no. We're going to talk about news and Teen Mom first. So first... Uh, Brianna responded to the lawsuit exactly the way that I thought she would. She hired this like really kooky Florida free speech attorney who is like a nut job from what I can tell, but I guess quite good at his job from what I can tell. You know, he's like one of those. And he filed a response, which is exactly what I said it would be, a motion to dismiss with asking for... um attorney's fees from Kale. Somebody nicely on my Instagram was like, oh my God, didn't you predict this? And it's like, yes. And I would like to take credit for being a soothsayer. But here's the thing, like this was the only possible response. Like it is just such an obvious response. Um, They mentioned anti-slap laws, which it's S-L-A-P, P, I think, or S-L-A-P, I don't know. But in all capital letters, it stands for uh, specifically when somebody comes after you for like and tries to like harass your harass isn't the right word but basically when somebody tries to come after you for things that are protected under the first amendment and like the free speech amendment it's like considered in this like group of laws I guess the anti-slap laws and most states have them Florida has them and that's what they're basically being like this lawsuit is like so clearly part of like is and it violates the slap laws so I think that this will be dismissed and that Kale will be paying Bree's legal fees. Um, It's very possible that it won't even get that far. Um, Yes, Bree's attorney has filed a response. If I was Kale's attorney, which I'm not because I'm not an attorney, I would be recommending that she... uh, that her attorney talks with Bree's attorney and she agrees like she basically offers like a certain amount of money to cover legal fees and then it's like done and there's no more attention on it and that that's what I would do so like let's say I don't know Bree probably has had he's only he's done one motion I don't know it depends on how much this lawyer charges 
legal fees are shocking. When I started doing the billing at law firms, I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. Um, it, it costs a lot of money. And I would bet her attorney is probably somewhere in the 300 to $500 an hour. I would, my guess would be maybe she paid a retainer of $5,000 and that's maybe what it would cost. It could be 10. He really hasn't done that much, but it depends on how much research they've done, how they bill, you know, blah, blah, blah. So if I was Kale's attorney, what I would do is like turn around and be like, okay, well, we'll give you 3500 and this will just go away today. Like that might be worth it for Brie to accept because then there's no risk of the judge denying the motion and having to pay more going forward. That's the other thing. So yes, most likely this will be thrown out because it 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 do, it's not a viable lawsuit. Viable is not the right word, but it doesn't have any credibility. Bree did not do what Bree, what Kale says that she did. So it's very likely that this will be thrown out, but you never know. You know what I mean? That's why like a lawyer can never promise anybody anything essentially. And if you ever have a lawyer promise something for you, you should be very skeptical because you cannot predict how judges will rule. And it's possible she gets in front of some, that they're in front of some judge that like wants to see this play out for whatever reason like maybe it's just a judge that very rarely like accepts motion like case summary judgments motion to dismiss and likes them to go further in the process like judges (laughs) judges have a lot of leeway in what they're allowed to do and so it is possible that they will deny that motion now they're gonna have to go into depositions and pre-trial stuff and it will just cost more and more. And once again, like it is likely that this will come down in Bree's favor and that Kale will have to pay Bree's legal bills, but it's possible they wouldn't. So on Kale's end, what would be smart, in my opinion, is to agree to drop the suit and give Bree a certain, a certain amount of money to cover the legal fees and just end it now and get it done with now. Now, will Kale's pride let her do that? I don't know. Will Kale's attorneys do that? I don't know because I don't really understand why they took this case in the first place. Um, I don't know. I don't work in this type of law. I've never worked in this type of law. I don't. Anybody can sue anybody for anything, essentially. Like you you could sue me if you wanted to and I would have to respond and it would probably get thrown out and you would have to pay for my legal bills if you just decide to sue me for defamation because I mentioned your name one time on the podcast as like I'm passing and I was like hey girl how are you love you and then you like decide to sue me and obviously that would get dropped and you would have to pay my legal fees but I don't know why Kale's attorney agreed to take this case and go forward with it um with any like with seeing any facts of this case in my opinion an honest and ethical attorney would be like, I can't do that for you. Like, I cannot take your money for this. It's fucked up to take your money for this. Um, I don't know if that's how, I don't, what's the type of law this is? I mean, it's slander and defamation, but I don't know. Like, I guess it's just a civil litigator, but there's, you know, litigators, just because you're a litigator doesn't mean that you high handle all types of cases. But I can't imagine as an attorney like agreeing to take on a case that is so obviously like you're going to lose and you're going to have to pay money for it. Although it's very possible that her attorney sat her down and was like, 
look, I know that you want to do this, but this makes no sense. You will lose and you will have to pay her legal bills. And Kale said, I don't care. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. And they said, "Okay, are you sure? Like, it's going to cost you probably $10,000 in the long run. Like, is that worth it to you? And she said, yeah, that's worth it to me. Let's go. So maybe it's a case like that. I just can't understand. I still can't understand why Kale did this. Um, So like I said, if I was Kale's attorney, I would be advising her to settle right now (laughs) before even more bills get like racked up that she's going to have to pay. But it's also possible that Brie, or excuse me, that Kale is so stubborn that she won't do that because then she'd be like admitting loss to Brie, even if there has to be some sort of like non-disclosure agreement between the two of them. I'm sure that all of us, the audience, would be like, "Oh, Kale lost." Like, in any case where Brie, or excuse me, in any case where Kale does not win this case, like as decided by a judge, is her losing in my opinion because she's the one that filed it. So I don't know if she's just going to be like so stubborn that she even refuses to settle this. It's just nonsensical. But in this motion that Bree's attorney filed, he says that Chris specifically told her about the incidents. He said it can't be slander because one, look at these fucking <laughs> news stories. It's in the news. And two, the defendant directly spoke to the victim. And I was like, oh, damn, like that's in writing now. I bet Kayla is pissed. I, I would bet that's probably the reason that she decided to go forward with this because Brie was fucking with her via Chris. Like, I don't think Brie's trying to fuck Chris or anything, but I think She's doing to Kale what Kale did to her with Devoin, although Brie did it to Kale with Javi. <laughs> They're so fucking messy. And then, and like, on top of all of this news, it came out yesterday that Ashley says that Chris finally signed a team mom contract. Finally. You guys know I've been saying, like, if your name is going to be used in every episode, you might as well make money off of this. Although the Ashley says that he probably signed for about $2,000 an episode, which in my opinion is not nearly enough money. Um, you know, there's only, what, like 13 or 14 episodes these seasons are getting, and it's only in episodes he appears in. So if I was Chris, I'd be pushing for five to $10,000 an episode. I don't. Maybe they just don't have the budget anymore. They're... <laughs> You know, their ratings are really, really low. But if they're signing new characters, I guess a new season of Go-Go. I like I guess that's what we're doing here. Who knows? But Chris will be on the show. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> like, it is so wild that he has been a main character on this TV show for the last three to four years and has not made any money off of it. And like I've said before. When he first popped up, he had private social media like he did not seem into any of this. And I was like, "Okay, I get that. But now he's on Instagram Live 18 times a day and he has a podcast, which apparently Brie went on in April. But I don't know if it's ever come out or if it ever will come out. But like if you're going to do that, like get on TV and make some money, (laughs) get paid for this bullshit. So yeah, that's it. Chris is joining Teen Mom too. Kale is apparently very upset about this because obviously she doesn't want Kale's side, excuse me, Chris's side. I'm mixing up everybody's names today. 
She does not want Chris's side to be told. And I guess she wasn't told beforehand that MTV was going to do this. And she was mad, which I get. Like, I always understand when they're mad when shit happens. And then they find out on social media, like when they sign new cast members and they find out via OK Magazine. Like, I would be pissed about that, too. But I think that the cat, the crew does that on purpose to get a cast reaction. And I'm not really sure why they haven't figured that out yet. Like, that's the production's job. Okay, um, that's it for the Teen Mom news. Let's take a real quick break. And then we will talk about Teen Mom OG Season 6, Episode 2. It, it's called Tweeting. Something in the title about tweeting. But like I said, it's on Paramount Plus Season 6, Episode 2. So I don't know if you want to pause this and go watch that. You can do that now. And then we will get right back to it. Okay, specifically wanted to go back to this time period because I remember the last time I talked about this, I realized how little I, not how little I remember it, but like I haven't done most of this time because when I started this podcast, I think it's at like the tail end of Matt and Amber. I actually am not sure what season of OG or T-Mom 2, honestly, that I started, but I either didn't cover this at all or is covered like right when I first started this podcast four years ago and I'm not that worried about covering an episode again. I actually think that's kind of interesting maybe (laughs) to like cover some of the episodes that I did in the very early seasons to see how my opinion has changed. I mean I won't remember how my opinion has changed because I don't remember anything I've ever said on this podcast But you guys may remember because I remember things other people say on their podcasts. I just don't remember anything I say. And I when I did this, I think Tomlin and I did the episode together and we were saying like, oh, this is interesting because this period of time like doesn't really get like talked a lot about in the throwback world of Teen Mom. Right. We're usually doing like pre hiatus Teen Mom OG or like early Teen Mom 2 And this time when they came back is actually pretty interesting. They just broke in the fourth wall. That's season five. I decided to do season six because I wanted to see where things were with Matt and Amber this time. I (laughs) I'm obsessed with Matt and Amber. (laughs) To put it lightly, they are captivating on my screen. I am like, should I just do episodes on Matt and Amber and just like go through? go through like seasons five six and seven and just do their segments like I just find them so fucking interesting Matt is such a sleaze bag he is such a con man it's incredible to watch on tv like there is no other teen mom character that even comes close to Matt he is her he is awful he's so awful but at the same time it's interesting watching him like be the one that takes care of Leah you know like and watch Amber kind of like go in on him but for like weird stuff not for the stuff she should actually be mad about Matt's just an interesting character didn't he have another baby or two wasn't he with Tracy from love love after lockup did you know she passed away she had a baby and then she passed away like days later very similar to what happened to Anna Nicole that's really it's really upsetting and depressing but I guess Matt's in Vegas being a Vegas rat like that makes sense to me um 
So I decided to do this episode because it mentioned that more of Matt's past came out. And I was like, oh, fun. That sounds good to me. And it's the episode where the tweets about like that Matt had tweeted at Janelle and Farah come to light. And Amber is an idiot. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, except Amber is wild to believe him. Let's start with... Let's start with Caitlin, who is in a sad place. This was tough to watch. This is pre-first treatment Kate. Um, Nova seems to be about a year old. They get married at the very beginning of season six, right? I think they're pretty newly married. In this episode, they're buying that second house of theirs um, for... If you're not going to rewatch this and you're like, where are we in this episode? They just bought that new house that they're renovating. So pre-Octagon house, but post the house that eventually Butch lives in with the candelabra. (laughs) Kale is in her... Kale. Kate is in her full zebra hoodie stage. Um, The episode before this is the Weight Watchers, Quesadilla, I don't want no heifer for a wife episode, I think, because that's in the flashback, like previously on... So that's just happened. Kate's talking about losing weight, but saying like, should I lose weight? What if we have more kids? And really, I mean, it's the depression, right? Like, that's what this is about. They're really worried about her mental health. She is. Tyler is. uh, Everybody in Kate's life seems to be worried. And I will say, watching this like really (laughs) made me feel proud of current day Caitlin. Like made me feel really proud of her. She's doing so much better, or at least she was doing so much better last time that we saw her. And I would I would hope she still is. She's in such a low place here. And Tyler seems lost. She seems lost. She doesn't really seem to have a grasp on what's going on exactly. And it's sad. So like I said, they bought their second house. Kate goes over to her friend Alexa's house and they're talking about her weight. And she says she doesn't feel any pressure from Tyler to, Tyler to lose weight, but she's not sure if she should because what if she has the second baby? And this whole, guys, her skin looks so bad in this episode. Her hair looks so bad. She is gnawing on her fingers, which for whatever reason has not bothered me in the past. Like I know Kate gets a lot of shit for like picking and chewing. And that's really I don't feel like I notice it that often. But for whatever reason, this episode, I was noticing it a lot. And it was it was grossing me out. I don't know if it's like the corona of it all that I'm conscious of people's hands going to their mouths now in a way that I wasn't before. But it Poor Kate. It just is, it's really upsetting to watch this. Kate's like, you know, uh, something's just going on with me. Tyler is like, you're not well. Tyler straight up is like, things are not good. Like, you you need to figure some shit out. Because and he, honestly, he's being really compassionate. Um, Tyler has his moments, right? And I don't necessarily think Caitlin and Tyler should be together. They have no chemistry in this episode. Please don't get me wrong. You've never seen two people less attractive to one another. And you guys know that I feel this way, that everybody always talks about how Tyler isn't interested in Kate because of her weight or because he's gay or whatever they think. Um, I also think Kate is not interested in Tyler. Like, she 
does not like him very much and he does not like her very much and in a way it kind of sucks that they're together I think they would be really good brother and sister which (laughs) we know that they were in the past like I could really see them being good friends they seem like friends in this episode but I've never seen two people that are less sexually attracted to one another Like, I would imagine they're probably having some sex at this point, but probably not a lot. Kate is in bed all day long. Tyler is, like, getting his shit together at this point. This is when he's, like, really getting into renovating the houses and he's working out. And you can tell that he and Kate are just, like, not in a good place. But I will say he's being pretty empathetic with her. And he really does seem to just want to, like help her get better it doesn't seem to be coming from a selfish place um not that like wanting your partner to get better is selfish that's not what I mean but I think sometimes people who are not great people will have a partner with some mental health issues and the thought will be like you need to get better so you can be a better partner to me And like it can just be very self-centered the way that they're expecting their partner to behave. And that's just like not the vibe I get at all with Tyler from Tyler. Like I really do feel like he just wants Kate to be better for herself, which is nice to watch. Um, He suggests that she calls Dr. Drew, which I was like, oh, God, forgot about this. Dr. Drew is not a fucking therapist or a psychiatrist. He's an addiction specialist, yes, but, like, they don't need to call Dr. Drew. Obviously, MTV was like, we should pull in Dr. Drew into this. Um, I think Kate and Tyler have a real problem with, not a problem, that's not the right word. I think Kate and Tyler, like, especially at this point still, like, really view themselves as kids and view others as adults. Like Brandon and Teresa are the adults in their life and Dr. Drew is an adult in their life. And I think because they come from a childhood with very few stable adults, the only one seemingly being Kim, that they're like, oh, well, let's call Dr. Drew. Like Dr. Drew will know the answer instead of the therapist that she has because she reveals. And then we see her therapist, who I forgot And that therapist looks like Matt in a wig. I totally forgot about that. Her name is Kathleen. She seems very nice. But I really forgot that she looked like a therapist in a wig or Matt in a wig. And also, I think Kate and Tyler saw her together and individually. Just it wasn't a good setup. But one would think like the solution would be to call your therapist or your psychiatrist, whoever has you on Zoloft, because Kate reveals that she's on Zoloft. Um, So I. I don't know. Dr. Drew, it, he's like, can I have permission to speak to your therapist? I'm like, to do what? What do you, what, then what are you going to do? I think that Dr. Drew maybe thought that there were some serious substance use issues going on there, which I probably would too if they were calling me. Um, and also like, I I used to wonder, like, if Kate had some substance use issues. I remember when she first went back to that treatment center, like, when she quickly went back, I was like, I think she's a drug addict. Like, not <laughs> because that's, like, drug addict behavior, alcoholic behavior, where you go to treatment, you come home, you quickly relapse, and you're back in treatment quickly. I, when I was in treatment, 
I swear to God, people would leave and then would be back in treatment before I even left. Like that's how quickly it goes. It was always like sad, but also good because that meant they were like, okay, that they're coming back into treatment. And you'd be like, oh, I'm really glad that you're here and you're back. And they'd always be embarrassed. Um, I remember specifically this one man, for whatever reason, he was like so nice and he was drinking himself to death, truly like drinking himself to death. And he was one of those type of people who had a professional job and seemingly had things together, except for the fact that he was drinking himself to death. And I like he left and then came back and that was really upsetting to me. But then also people would leave and then die while you were still in treatment. So yeah, that's like a whole thing. But I like just based on my personal experience, I was like, well, maybe Kate does have drug issues because like, I don't know. That's weird to like go back to mental health rehab like that. And it was weird, right? Like obviously Kate could have done things differently. She should have sought help closer to home, blah, blah, blah. She could have done an IOP closer to home. She did not handle it well, but I will defend that shit until the day that I die because Kate is doing significantly better and has been since she went to the second treatment. So was it selfish to go? Sure, sure. But like, did it work? Yeah. Is she still alive and she hasn't killed herself? Yeah, she really was like actively suicidal and she was really scared and irrational. And the only place that she felt like she could go was that treatment center and she had access to it. So like whatever. All this to say, maybe Dr. Drew thought that Kate did have some substance use stuff going on. Dr. Drew's like weird. (laughs) News at five. I think Dr. Drew's weird. The way that he talks about drugs is weird. He... You know, sometimes he seems like he supports harm reduction stuff. Sometimes he seems to think that, like, anybody with depression should never smoke weed no matter what. Um, Weed comes up because in this episode, I forgot about this. This was, I believe, the first time they put Kate on camera smoking pot. She's driving around in her car. She takes a little post-it note out. She puts the post-it note on the camera and then you hear her hit a bowl and cough and then she takes it off. I was like, oh damn, I forgot about that. There's also the time that her and April smoke together in the car when they're going to get that pig. But I don't know if that was, I think that was after because I think that's like right before she goes to treatment. Remember, April says that they're going to go to Boogie Town. When I saw that, I was like, they're going to get, like, they're going to do coke? <laughs> they just went smoking weird. Weed. I think the idea of, if if somebody said, do you want to go to Boogie Town with me, and I knew they were talking about drugs, I would assume they were talking about coke for a variety of reasons. Boogie Town, booger sugar, you know, like it's going up your nose. Also, like, let's boogie is like disco dancing and anything disco related is cocaine related. I did see that um, Ryan Murphy is going to do American Crime Story on uh, Studio 54, which I will be here for because I love Studio 54. I love the Nev Campbell, uh, Ryan Philippi joint. (laughs) I saw that movie in the movie theaters. I like disco. I like all of that shit. It's fun to see those clothes coming back around. That late 70s is coming back into style. I love disco. So I'll be excited for that. They're also going to do the next, they're going to do a love story on JFK Jr. and Carolyn Bassett, which is, could be interesting. Um, A lot of people speculate that Carolyn had 
borderline personality disorder, which I mean, I don't know, but she had some pretty serious mental health problems and they would physically fight. She would attack him. And then obviously their tragic death. Will Carol Radziwell be in it? Like somebody playing her? I think yes, because I'm not really sure how they could do this show and like not include Anthony. Um, I think in a pre-Carol going on Housewives world, they would have maybe like she would have been like in the background and never spoke. They would have been like, oh, there's Anthony's wife, Carol, and then kept it pushing. But since Carol Radziwell is like a known name now, I'm pretty sure that Ryan Murphy will have somebody playing her and she'll have speaking lines because that's, you know, that's how Ryan Murphy rolls. It's why Chris Jenner was a character in the American Crime OJ thing, right? Like who got screen time? Even though she like really was not relevant, but we wanted to see Chris Jenner and I'm sure it'll be the same with um, JFK Jr. and Carolyn Bassett. We want to see uh, Carol Radziwill. So that's fun. Also, the did you see the trailer for the Monica Lewinsky season? Beanie Feldstein is fabulous. She's super fun. I've been following her forever because she was on a podcast that I used to listen to that's no longer a podcast, Rana and Beverly. She was on that a long time ago like years before she got famous so I like right after she did Neighbors 2 the movie I believe is the movie she was in so I was just following her forever and it's been fun to see her blow up and she looks great as Monica Lewinsky I'm really excited for that we're so off topic okay boogie town so Kate smokes pot on camera and then later tells Dr. Drew that she smokes two times a day <laughs> Which definitely means way more than two times a day in my experience. I think that um, people who recreationally smoke pot usually smoke pot like one time a day for the most part, right? Like you smoke pot at night after work like to chill out the way that like people drink wine or alcohol, right? Like if you're a recreational drinker, yeah, you might have two drinks in the evening after work, but like not every day, not all the time, blah, 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 blah. Um, I would guess that Kate is smoking in pot all day, which is definitely increasing her depression and leaving her to lay in bed. Do I think it's bad that Kate smokes pot? I don't care, honestly. I think she still smokes pot. Did Mar- did uh, Michigan legalize? I know that she had a med card for a while. Did Michigan legalize? I can't remember. Like, I really don't care if Kate smokes pot like Kate has a lot to deal with in her life I just don't think that she was using pot in a way that was like benefiting her I mean speaking from experience when your depression is bad and you're smoking pot like it makes for most people it makes things worse and especially like in a pre-strain world you know maybe it's different now where people are getting like what is it the sativa is like the one that makes you up Back in my day, like you got what you got, you know, like maybe you would get purple haze and I'd be like, okay, sure. Uh, we had headies, you know what I like? <laughs> the difference was like mid regs or headies, not like indica, sativa, blend, like it, that just didn't exist by the time I stopped smoking weed. At least not in Pennsylvania. I'm sure in California it did. But for me, like when I would smoke pot, it just, added to the shitty feeling that I felt all the time but I also like couldn't not do it because I was addicted to smoking weed because I was addicted to drugs and it was like really hard for me to recognize like 
the cycle that I was in. And like I knew it to a certain extent. Like I knew that I was depressed and that smoking weed wasn't helping it. But I was so convinced that like if I didn't smoke weed, I would feel so much worse because I like that is what happened because I had mental health issues and drug addiction that I didn't know what to do with. And so if I wasn't numbing it out, it felt even worse. So it was like, well, whatever, I'll just smoke pot all day and at least I won't really have to think about how I feel. And I would guess that's what Caitlin is doing. Um, You know, like if you're saying to Dr. Drew, she goes two times, like (laughs) that means you're smoking more than two times a day, which look, there are people that smoke pot more than two times a day and they are perfectly fine. They are positive people who get a lot done. They're productive. They're people that like legitimately use it. Uh, medically, right, where they're using it to treat chronic pain or their PTSD or like really bad anxiety. So maybe they smoke in the morning, the afternoon and then at night like that. I if that works like I that's fucking amazing. Like if you can smoke weed instead of having to take an opioid, like that's fucking awesome. If you can smoke weed instead of taking benzos, like that's awesome. But I don't think that's what's going on with Kate here. I think there's a difference between legitimately treating your problems with medical marijuana and like getting high to numb out life (laughs) like I and I was doing the latter and I think Kale's Kale why am I keep calling her that I think Kate was also doing the latter there you know like I I just don't think it was recreate or it was like really medicinal for her I do remember her later being like I'm doing this instead of taking Xanax and yes (laughs) sure I like, yeah, I I do think it's probably better for most people to take cannabis as it's called now. (laughs) I'm sorry. Just like a lot of the stuff around legal weed just makes me laugh. It's just so it seems so silly, like how serious people feel about it. But you guys know, like I'm kind of blown away by the way that weed has changed so significantly in the last seven years compared to when I stopped smoking and dabs were just getting invented. Now it's a free for all. But I like I I don't know. I don't think for Kate specifically. Personally, I don't think and I say this with love in my heart. I don't think naturally lazy and unambitious people do well using weed to treat their mental health issues. I say that because that's me. I'm a naturally lazy. I've been laying in bed all fucking day. It's Saturday. It's 4:20 in the afternoon. I have barely done shit today because I'm a naturally lazy person and I love to lay around. Laying in bed all day is my absolute favorite thing to do. It is my like there is nothing I would rather do than lay in my bed all day long every day. That is my natural state of being and that I know that's Kate's natural state of being as well. That's why like I've never really been able to rage that hard at her because I'm such an unambitious person and I feel (laughs) in that way I feel like a very kindred spirit to Kate. I think Kate and I deal with a lot of the same issues. I think that Kate um, has some learning issues like I did. I just happened to have rich parents so I got to go to private school to get it fixed and helped. I was going to say like I didn't have drug addict parents, but I did. They just were rich too. <laughs> but I think that um, people, I think what people don't get about someone like me or Kate is that when you grow up with learning disabilities that make school hard for you and then you have trauma or you have the trauma and then the learning disabilities, you know, 
what's one without the other for a lot of people. Um, it's really hard to learn how to become a self-motivator or to set goals or to think about the future at all. It's still something I really struggle with, like setting goals, and like conceptualizing my life in the future. Like I've never been good at that. And when you don't care about the future or you can't picture the future, um, it's really hard to motivate yourself to do things, <laughs> which is why I liked Adderall for so long because it was like the antithesis to my natural state of being, right? Like that's why I liked opioids too because opioids put you up when you take the right amount of them. So like I liked taking drugs that made me get up and go because I'm not good at getting up and going on my own. I remember like when I got sober, I was convinced that this would go away and that suddenly I would be like a person that loved to go to the gym and work out and be active and I have so many goals and I'm a go-getter and like it's just not it's just not me and I really do think it's like the way that my brain developed as a child and I think that's how Kate is too. And so smoking pot probably isn't great for her, you know? Like it's probably not great. Um one little tidbit I wanted to mention is that when she's doing her assessment with Dr. Drew, why Dr. Drew didn't say, hey, I'm going to call my friend that's a psychiatrist and have you talk to them is beyond me. But, you know, that's a problem for a different day. And he says like, "Okay, so did you have. Well, Kate says that she self-harmed in the past, which I'm not sure I remembered. Uh, It makes sense, but I'm not. I mean, picking is kind of self-harming in some ways. Picking is more compulsive. But it, 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 I think for some people, it can kind of go hand in hand with self-harm. But Kate, like, I don't remember that her saying that. And that was a good reminder for me. I like hearing those little things. You know, it helps me shape the way that I'm viewing the show. And Drew goes, okay, so you've had trauma in the past. And I was like, yeah, Drew, <laughs> we know that. And uh, Kate says, like, well, yeah, you know, my childhood He's like, okay, so did you have abuse? And she's like, yeah, I had, you know. And he's like, well, was it physical? And she was like, no. I mean, it was mostly just like verbal. And Drew's like, oh, from your mom? And she was like, well, I mean, I'd say more from my mom's boyfriends. And then she goes into this story about a time that Nick's dad, her little brother Nick, his dad, like, went crazy on crack and choked her and pinned her down and Tyler had to like pull him off her when she was 14 and I was like um I think that's physical abuse babe like that's how disconnected from reality Kate is when it comes to her trauma I found that really telling like she the fact that she is saying with a fucking straight face could probably pass a lie detector test that she did not experience physical abuse in her childhood and then a minute later goes on to explain a man choking her and pinning her down. That like that's what trauma does, right? Like our brains are fucking rattled. They're rattled. Um, She gets off the phone and Tyler goes, you know, it's really interesting because you never want to like talk about your mom in these cases as soon as he mentioned that you immediately were talking about your mom's boyfriends and I was like well what about your mom and Kate goes oh yeah well you know I just ran out of time and I like I would have said it but I like kind of forgot that I think is still a problem with Kate I think that's her mom is still a real problem um that she hasn't totally dealt with I mean 
she lets April have those kids alone a lot. And I kind of think that if Kate really came to a true realization about April and what April did to her for her uh, essentially entire life, I think that she would probably have to really go low contact with April. And I think that she has such little support that she can't do that, which sucks and is sad. And also she loves her mom, right? Like we naturally love our parents for the most part. And I think that Kale or Kate is, I'm sorry that I keep calling her Kale. I feel like I must have done it a million times. I didn't catch myself and that's so fucking annoying. I apologize for it. But I feel like Kate really is holding on to this like hope that her mom is somebody that she's not which is tough. Um, She does say she goes to therapy at the end of this episode. She talks about how bad her anxiety is. And once again, so the therapist goes, so, you know, she's like, well, I have abandonment issues. My dad left when I was young and my mom being alcoholic was abandonment. And I was like, yes, great. Glad to hear that because that's absolutely true. When your parent is a drug addict or alcoholic, they're abandoning you every day essentially they may physically be there but they're emotionally abandoning you right like that's what drugs do drugs and alcohol do to us we abandon those around us because we are unable to form real and maintain real healthy connections with people because we're addled our brain is all fucked up from the substances that we're abusing it's part of the reason why aa is like so important for a lot of people in early recovery because they don't have connections with anybody like they've isolated themselves so badly by the time that they get there and so like the amount of serotonin and endorphins that you get from making these real connections with people that you meet in AA are life-saving in a lot of ways um connection you know like connections really important and so the therapist is like yeah and I mean I'm sure your mom was dealing with her own depression and that's why she was like this and Kate goes and she was like and you know maybe like you inherited it and Kate goes yeah it's definitely my family I'm like good good okay we're on the right track and then she goes you know my dad's grandma my dad's grandma had it or my dad's mom had it and like my aunts did too and now I have it like Kate once again, like your mom has mental health issues. <laughs> oh, gosh. She says that the only time she feels like herself is when she's playing with Nova and taking care of Nova. Um, I think Kate's doing a lot better now, a lot better. But I will say I think that's a lie. A lot of mentally ill parents tell themselves um, because I think that if they admit that they're also checked out when dealing with their child it's like too much to bear right like I think it's like literally your brain like will not let you do that so you like convince yourself that your kid doesn't notice and that like when you're with your kid you're totally present but that's <laughs> that's not how depression and mental illness works and anxiety works right like it doesn't just turn off even though we want it to. So I wonder what she would say about that now. I bet in the moment it was too much. I wonder though now she can recognize like how not tuned in she was and how she was kind of just pretending to herself that she was. So that's it for Caitlin. Um, then let's go over to Macy. <laughs> Who, this is when Macy finds out that she's pregnant. Remember this, when this dropped, 
let me tell you, when this shit dropped on the internet and then all of the sleuths went and figured out that Macy had been steady drinking for the last multiple months, that was a wild time. Here's my thing. So in this, Macy keeps going, am I getting fat? Like, Taylor, am I getting fat? And he's like, well, do you think like you could be pregnant? And so she goes and takes a pregnancy test. I also watched some of the next episodes. So I'm just going to talk about that with this. Um, she finds out she's 21 weeks pregnant. And look, I'm not saying that's not possible. Um, I think there, I mean, there are those pregnancies where, you know, like the, I didn't know I was pregnant thing. I get TikTok stories about that every once in a while where they're like, I went to the hospital for a kidney stone and I had a baby. <laughs> like, shit like that really does happen. Um, I would imagine, especially for somebody like Macy, who one just had a baby. I mean, Jade's only at that point, what, like six or seven months. And she had a baby. She has PCOS, right? Or endometriosis, PCOS. And so her period is already regular. She already has like weird cramps and bloating and stuff like that. She's just coming off having a baby. So her cycle is all out of whack on top of like the PCOS out of whackness. Like it's not impossible for me to believe that she didn't know. But (laughs) I'm not so sure I believe it. I Okay. What I kind of think happened is that Macy had a suspicion, but ignored it. She was like, I had no symptoms at all. And I'm like, okay, but like you've been walking around talking about how fat you're getting and it looks like you're just getting fat in your stomach. Like you're only gaining weight in your stomach. And now I will say Macy, now that she's older and she has three kids, um, I've noticed she carries her weight in her stomach. And I truly do not mean that as an insult. I carry my weight in my stomach. But I noticed this because I remember Mother's Day 2019-ish. I was like 100% convinced she was pregnant. Like, I was like, okay, we'll get an announcement on Father's Day. Like, I'm so ready for this. And then it just never happened. And every once in a while, someone on Reddit will post a picture of Macy and be like, do you think she's pregnant? And I think that is just how she carries her weight. So, and maybe I'm wrong about this. And she's always known that's how she carried her weight. Although she does say she used to like cry to her mom that she wanted to gain 10 pounds because she was too thin. And her mom's like, you'll regret this one day. And she's like, and now I do. <laughs> but I just like, I just don't, I don't know if I totally believe that Macy did not know. Do I believe that she didn't take a test? Sure, I guess. Do I believe that she had absolutely no suspicions? No, I don't believe that. I, sorry, I just don't believe it to be true. Uh, I think that Macy drinks a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think that Macy likes to drink a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think that she had a little baby at home and did not want to have another little baby and wanted to keep drinking. And so she did. I see a lot of people, this comes up on Reddit every once in a while, where people are like, I can't believe Macy would say that she, People say that Macy drank while she was pregnant. She would never do that. And it's like, well, no, that like that's not the conversation. Like Macy drank the first 20 weeks of her pregnancy. Like she partied the first 20 weeks of her pregnancy. The question is, did she drink knowing she was pregnant? So unless Macy just like randomly decided to stop drinking for 20 weeks out of the blue, Like, Macy drank through that whole pregnancy. But, of course, like, if she didn't know she was pregnant, why would she not be drinking? Like, I I just kind of think she, like, went into a state of denial, personally. 
I don't know. I don't know. At the time, I was like really sure that she had to have known just like based on how she looked. Like she looked so pregnant in like the two months leading up to this. Like she was showing, showing. She is tiny everywhere. And then she has like a bump. She has a baby bump. But like I said, now that I've seen how she holds weight, like I, it's a little more believable to me that she maybe just thought she was gaining weight. I don't know. It's just, oh, God. They had those babies one year and one day apart. The baby was due on my birthday, May 30th. He came on May 31st, which is Farrah's birthday. Little Jade Carter's birthday is on the 29th. I only remember all this because my birthday is on the 30th. I don't know anybody else's birthday on Teen Mom, but I do know those. I don't know. I don't know. It's cute. Bentley is like still little and cute in this. Love Bentley. Macy, they just got engaged and she's wearing that ugly ass ring. That ring is so fucking ugly. (laughs) It was ugly at the time. It's ugly now. It's like band, like three stacked bands. No, no. Mino like really gross. Every time they showed it, I was like, why? And Keely goes, oh, that's just your style. <laughs> I was like, Keely thinks that shit is ugly, but Keely's a good friend. So she won't say that. <laughs> oh, man. And then in the next episode, she goes, she finds out she's 21 weeks pregnant. It's a boy. And I will say she goes over to tell the Edwards. And it made me really fucking sad. I it made me upset. They they're so excited. Ryan is very funny in the scene. He goes, I thought you were getting fat, but I didn't want to say anything. (laughs) She's like, I did too. (laughs) They're all laughing. Everybody's so happy. Like they're celebrating together as a family. Obviously, they're not like jumping up and down and hugging and kissing, but like they're genuinely happy for her. She seems genuinely happy to tell them she's inside their home sitting on their couch telling them, um, Ryan is like laughing like everybody just seems happy about it and they're joking about Ryan still living at his parents because Macy's like well you know like all my kids will be out of the house by 45 and Larry goes you sure when that happens cannot Ryan come live with you like just fucking around it just made me sad knowing where they are now I will say though in in this episode in episode two Ryan's high as fuck. He has a girlfriend in one scene and then the next scene he's like, I broke up with my girlfriend. He's talking to a friend that I don't know if we saw a lot, but he was quite good looking. I was like, where has he been? Bring him back. Uh, Ryan is, they're eating food. Ryan's high. He's absolutely high. I guess he meets Mackenzie shortly after this. You know, in the next episode, Larry is going on and on and on about Ryan has to find someone. Ryan has to get married you know, he'll be 30 in two years. And if he's not married at 30, like there are going to be a serious issue. It's so important. And I was like, well, I Mackenzie makes a little more sense now, like rewatching this and seeing like how hard Larry's coming at Ryan, that he like needs to get his life together and marry somebody like that's like that was the thing that was wrong with Ryan's life at the time. Not that he was a fucking drug addict who had no job. Obviously, he had team mom, but, you know, they had just come off like a three year hiatus of team mom. They knew that shit was not guaranteed. Did he have a job when the show was on hiatus? Yeah. 
it's just I this all is very sad. This is around the time where people really started speculating that Ryan had a TBI because he was acting so strangely. Uh, I'll never forget being on Reddit and be like, guys, Ryan does drugs. <laughs> Ryan is a drug addict. He is not, he does not have a TBI. And people are like, I don't understand why you would assume that. You know, he was in a really bad car accident. He, that's when he started being weird. And I knew that he was a drug addict based on Larry, honestly. Not, I see people call Larry an alcoholic a lot. Honestly, I don't think so. I think Larry drank on it. If Larry's an alcoholic, Macy's an alcoholic, and I knew a lot of people think Macy's an alcoholic, but I think both of them just drink a lot. Uh, I I really don't think, especially lately, Larry hasn't been on camera drunk in a while that I can remember. There are definitely scenes where he's like, dr- like Larry drinks. I think Larry like parties essentially, but I, I don't think he's an alcoholic. But if you'll remember, they got into that huge fight about Ryan stealing Larry's tools. And I was like, oh, Ryan does drugs. He stole those tools to pawn. And people are like, what? What are you talking about? And I was like, why else would you steal your dad's tools? I'm like, honestly, Addict 101 is when you start stealing shit to pawn from your family. Like, that's one of your first things that you go to, right? Like, stealing shit that you can pawn and what's the easiest place to steal from? Your dad's garage. Remember how fucking mad Larry was and he was like, I wouldn't piss on Ryan if he was on fire. Jen, do you remember that reunion? Jen is hysterically crying over this. She is so upset. And I was like, oh, Ryan's a drug addict. (laughs) I was like, this is my ex-boyfriend's family, the mom hysterically crying, the dad like being so fucking angry, but they're still both enabling him like crazy. Like that was exactly how my ex-boyfriend's parents were. I honestly can't believe that they stayed married through dealing with my ex. Like I, and they're still married as far as I know. And I, I mean, they're in their like seventies now or late sixties. I think they'll always be married, but the fact that they were able to stay together despite like how, hard he made their relationship because drug addicts make their parents relationships really bad a lot of the times uh because you have Jen who is hysterically crying and just doesn't know how to deal with it and Larry who's fucking mad and then screaming at Jen for enabling it it's just a whole mess and that's when I personally knew Ryan was a drug addict for sure but if you rewatch these episodes he still has it together a little bit, but he's definitely fucked up in some of these. I wonder if he was doing pills at this point. I would bet that Ryan was probably still fucking around with pills and keeping it together. I think that when you have a steady supply of pills, like like uh, like Roxy's, let's say, like let's say at this point in his life, he's taking Roxy 30s for whatever reason. Besides, like, the amount of money that you need to sustain a fucking pill addiction, you it, it is so fucking expensive to be addicted to pills. So expensive. It. I mean, a one, I mean, back in the day when they had 80s, one Oxy-80 cost $80. Usually for, like, opioids, you're paying per milligram, which is crazy. I used to buy Adderall for, like, a 30 milligram Adderall for, like, $7 or $5. You know what I mean? Like, I would sell my 20 milligrams for... I would sell like three for $15. Like it, <laughs> opioids are so expensive. And if you're addicted to Roxy 30s, which is, you know, a common one to be addicted to or was, I think now more people probably do Dilaudid. Um, it's really fucking pricey. So besides the price of it, I think that it can be a little easier to 
keep even keeled. I think part of that is that you always know what the dose is in a pill. Um, I should clarify real pills. When I was getting high, there were not fake pills. Like I, my cousin and I were just talking about this, like how crazy like the phenomenon of street pills are and how scary that is. Like, you know, back in the day when I was buying pills from people, like I never worried about them being fake. Like I knew they were coming from someone's mom who like had terminal cancer and got like crazy amount of pain pills or like my friend had Adderall and I had Xanax. So we would like trade each other. Um, I like always knew that my drugs were coming from the pharmacy. I wonder, I think part of that maybe I like didn't buy pills from drug dealers. I bought pills from like other drug addicts that I knew. Like you, that's how like my pill game went. Somebody would be like, yo, I got a Xanax script. I don't want it. Do you want to buy my script? And I'd be like, yep. And I would just go buy 30 pills. Like that's like I had a friend that got like I never really like Valium that much but I had a friend that got like way over prescribed Valium and he would just sell me like 20 Valium at a time because he got prescribed like three a day or something but what was I saying oh so it's really oh when you're on pills in a world where you're still getting real pills apparently now like every pill is fake which is really scary because you don't know what's in it and you're taking expecting it's a pill um, that's why a lot of people are overdosing on Xanax because it actually is fentanyl in it. When I took a Xanax in my day, like I was taking a Xanax. There's no question as to what I was taking. Um, but Ryan, like when you do pills, you know what each dose is and like what each dose is going to make you feel. So it's, in my opinion, a little easier to like stay functional on pills Uh, it's a lot harder to be functional on dope because it's just, it's so, it's so, you know, you don't know, like you get a good bag or you get a bad bag. Like you don't know what this dose is going to be. Like it's Russian roulette every fucking time you get it, especially now with fentanyl. Like you have no idea really what's in your bag, (laughs) which is scary. Uh, but that's just how it is. Fentanyl was like just coming up when I was, using and thankfully (laughs) thankfully it was just coming up because I wouldn't be alive most likely if it wasn't you know like everybody else that does heroin is dead um because of fentanyl and so like I think with Ryan when you're addicted to pills and he's in that situation it's like you know if you take a half a pill in the morning like you'll be even until lunch and then you'll take the next half and then after dinner you can eat a whole one Um, It's not so much like that with dope. Like you could do a bag of dope and like be blasted off or you can do a bag of dope and it's shit. And so then you have to do three bags of dope. And so then the three bags of dope that you had (laughs) planned out for the rest of the day, now you don't have anything and now you're fucked. Um, So like when you're doing street drugs, there's just like a lot more there a lot more variety and uncertainty and I think like mentally there's a lot less certainty certainty and that's what is the difference between being a opioid addict who's getting real pills like from a, a script situation and a dope addict like I said pills these days I don't know but like if you're somehow getting them from the pharmacy you know they're coming from the pharmacy my ex-boyfriend used to like have this friend of a friend whose mom had terminal cancer and they were they didn't have a lot of money so they would sell her 
prescriptions and they would get like fentanyl lollipops, fentanyl patches. He used to suck the juice out of fentanyl patches, which I believe Amber Portwood said she did as well. So gross. Um, So that's it for Macy and Taylor and Ryan. It's just sad where they are, you know, it's just sad. Okay, let's talk about Farrah because Farrah's segment kind of ends with Amber. So we'll talk about Farrah first, but it is Sophia's seventh birthday. Deb is in town um, and Simon's coming to town and Deb is lets us know that she's mad at Simon because he posted her mugshot on Twitter. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Farrah sits down and she goes, can you believe it that I, seven years ago I was pregnant with Sophia? Isn't that crazy? And Deb goes, yeah, and a lot of trauma too. And Farrah's like, why would you bring that up? Farrah, I think that this is the end of Farrah being lucid. This is like Farrah transitioning from having it kind of together to having it not together at all where she currently is. Um, She tweeted the other day something about Trump and vaccines, and I literally could not tell if she was agreeing. She retweeted something, and I literally could not tell if she was agreeing or disagreeing with the thing that she retweeted. Like, that's how little sense it made. I, she's not there anymore. Like, she has some serious issues resulting from whatever she's taking or using uh, it's really upsetting really upsetting but here she seems to still have it pretty much together I mean there's definitely the fairer thing that's always been in her where as soon as somebody she doesn't like starts talking she does her like um okay to anything they say but she is like you get what she's saying here she She's not doing the word salad thing that she does now. So Simon comes to the birthday party. He comes in the door and Sophia runs away screaming. Remember how funny Sophia used to be with Simon? (laughs) Oh, poor Sophia. (laughs) There's no one on this planet Earth that I'm more concerned about than Sophia. Truly. Especially she's getting so pretty. She's what, 11 or 12 now? think she'll be 12 this year traveling with oh yeah she must be 12 because she got the vaccine which I wasn't surprised about because although Farrah does seem to be a QAnon Trump person um she travels overseas (laughs) and so they both need to be vaccinated because she brings Sophia on trips she okay Farrah was on some guy's yacht last weekend and had Sophia filming her not doing anything inappropriate, but, like, they're on a man's yacht in Mexico. Like, who is this man? How did you get here? Why is your daughter here? Like, a true bring your daughter to work day. It's really upsetting. Like, if that's how Fair is going to make a living, like, fine. I don't care. But she needs to figure out something to do with Sophia. Sophia should not be coming on her international work trips. And the thing that sucks is like Sophia, unless something like major happens, Sophia is going to be under the radar because Farrah doesn't really live anywhere from my understanding. She travels most of the time. I think going from like her jobs to jobs, she's traveling. I guess she lives in like an Airbnb in LA. Sophia's not in regular school. 
So there's no like school safety net. I don't really know if she hangs out with friends. So there's nobody else's parents looking out for her. Uh, Kids in that situation are so vulnerable because they don't have the safety nets that most kids have, like teachers and coaches and friends' parents and stuff like that. So I'm just worried for Sophia and who she's being exposed to and what she's being exposed to. You know, that trip like Farrah recently came forward that she was a victim of somebody, a politician in Palm Beach. It's like a fucking awful story. She went to the like, I feel awful for her. And Sophia was on that trip. You know, like we saw the pictures like Sophia was there with her. There were no other adults there. I guess Sophia was just alone in the hotel room when Farrah went out. Like, I think that's what they do. Like Farrah just brings Sophia and then she just sits alone in the hotel room for long periods of time days question mark Sophia's in the darkest timeline as far as I'm concerned it's really it's just so upsetting so you know they're there at the party it's actually pretty fine this is when Deb and Amy meet for the first time (laughs) Deb doesn't seem so happy Michael's now wife Amy so Sophia and Deborah have a talk not Sophia Simon and Deborah have a talk and Deborah goes I have never once been convicted of domestic violence or hurting anyone. That is just something that like an an abuser says. Like I've never been convicted because they know they can't say arrested because she was arrested for it. (laughs) Like obviously you can't be like you weren't convicted of it, but that's not what anybody's saying. They were saying you got arrested for it, which you did. That's like what Kale's doing, right? Where she's like, I've never been convicted or arrested for like breaking and entering. Here's the thing. If somebody was like, you're an abuser, I'd be like, no, I'm not. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even understand why you're saying that. Like, who is saying that? What are your reasons for that? But like, if you're somebody that's been arrested for domestic violence, your answer has to be, well, I wasn't convicted of it. Like, that's... Deborah is a true nightmare. Uh, There's a scene where, or no, we're still in this scene, but Simon is just like, you know, I didn't call you a liar. I, I, I'm fine with you, but the reality is, is like, you don't have Farrah's back, so I can't really like be cool with you. And Deb's like, what? What? I have Farrah's back. I gave birth to her, (laughs) which once again... If you're if the only way that your mother can defend herself as having your back is that she gave birth to you, there are problems. There are real problems there. Oh God, Deb is such such a loony. And this is pre-Dr. Dave. Are they still married? I mean, I guess they are. I think Deb's on OnlyFans making some money. The next scene is Deborah and they're all like sitting in the kitchen and Simon comes up to Deborah and is like, Oh, your sauce is good. Remember the Italian sauce they were selling? And Deb says, you know, coming from people who have a lot of sauce, you know, Indians have a lot of sauce. That's a that's a good compliment. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck did she just say? Coming from people who have a lot of sauce. Oh, my God. There is a way to say that. And it's not that. Wow, Simon, thanks so much. Uh, I know you eat a lot of Indian food, which has a ton of sauces in it. So you're you know a good sauce from a bad sauce, I'm assuming. So thank you for saying that. Even that, like, just 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 don't bring up someone's ethnicity when you're white and they're complimenting your food. It's just a just 
an inappropriate thing to do. It's what one would call a micro. Like, if you want to know, like, what a microaggression is, it's that. Where, like, somebody is unnecessarily, like, othering you for your race. It has literally nothing to do with the conversation. They just, like, need to bring it up to, like, let you know that they know that you're different from them. Like, that is microaggression 101. Simon's like, uh... (laughs) I forgot how fucking funny Simon was. Look, Simon's a fucking dick. He is an asshole. He was so fucking mean on Twitter. Remember how he would go after Amber? The way that he would go after Amber was so gross. He would be like, go get your ass beat, you pig. Like, in one breath, he would say, like, he believes that Matt is beating Amber. And then in the next breath, call her a pig and, like, basically say that she deserves it. He was so, so, so shitty to her. But as far as like being funny in Farrah's scenes, like Simon was funny. <laughs> he was real funny. Uh, Deb says something about how, oh no, Fair. So, okay. <laughs> Fair and Simon have a talk about the party and he was like, you know, this was a pretty good time and you still need to meet my parents. And Farrah's like, I know. And someone's like, you should, you should, you should meet my parents. And she goes, you should meet my parents. You should meet my parents. I'm guessing that this is a topic of conversation between them a lot. My understanding is that Farrah never ended up meeting them, which makes sense because Simon was never actually serious about Farrah, right? Like we all know that. If you'll remember, Farrah had, and Sophia, because don't you love when Farrah does something? She's like, Sophia and I, and she's like, Sophia and I designed a ring together and she bought the ring and Simon was supposed to pay her back and then it was going to be her engagement ring. But I don't think Simon ever agreed to that. I think Farrah came up with that plan and Simon was stoned. He's like, I guess, girl. And then Farrah went and did it and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm not proposing to you. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Ferris says something about, like, you know, if I had an engagement ring and Simon's like, well, you know, like, it it just takes time. Girls are picky, like, trying to obviously not say anything. And Ferris goes, OK, well, you still haven't paid me back for that ring. And he's like, well, basically just trying to change the subject. And Ferris goes, you're going to be 30 and single. And Simon's like, OK, <laughs> He's like, I know a lot of people who are 30 and single and they're fine. Like, I don't care. (laughs) It was such a funny insult because he was like, yeah, sure. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I haven't checked in on Simon in quite a while. I do know that when he and Farrah broke up, he like got super into the gym and lost a bunch of weight. And he had posted how like at the time he just smoked so much pot and ate a lot of food. If you remember Farrah, I don't know if she still is because I don't really follow her closely, but at least when she was with Simon, she was like a super foodie and her and Simon would just like get super stoned and like eat at beautiful restaurants, like five star restaurants. That was like their thing. And so I think that he was just like, I mean, he was always high when he was on camera, like stoned. And I think he was at the time, like just kind of fucking around with Farah, like enjoying being on TV. And then it seems like he kind of got motivated once he and Farrah broke up but I'm sure he's still an asshole I'm sure he's still an asshole he was an asshole then he was just funny because assholes can be funny you know assholes can be funny it is what it is so they're all sitting at the like in the kitchen and Deborah goes did you see this new thing about what we saw online and Farrah's like what like Deb and Simon are like trolling starcasm 
And it comes out that Matt, if you'll remember, was hitting on Farah before he met Amber. He was tweeting her being like, hey, I'm a super fan. You're so beautiful. I'd love to go out on a date with you. And then Simon's like reading further down. He goes, who's PB Janelle? (laughs) The producer's like Janelle. And he's like, because her username was PB and Janelle. I think she might be off Twitter, but that was her username forever. And he was like, oh, he was hitting on her too. Basically, he is asking both of them to follow him. And I was trying to remember when these happened because Janelle is like two to three years younger than Amber, I'm pretty sure. Hold, please. I'm going to do a little investigative journalism. Okay, the tweets from 2013. This is like 2016 when this is being filmed. Janelle was 23 when he was tweeting at her. And by this point, she was already a fucking mess in 2014. I mean, she, I think that's when she got with Nathan because I'm pretty sure, I think Kaiser was born in 2015 because he's six now. So I think this is like when she was getting off heroin and like getting with Nathan is when he's like tweeting her. So she's 23 in a terrible place and like 40 year old Matt is tweeting at her. So fucking gross. It's so, so, so gross. So Farah ends up calling Amber, but let's switch over to Amber. We'll just, yeah, we'll go into this. So basically Farah calls her and she's like, look, you know, I just, I don't think that you should be with Matt. Like these tweets are really upsetting. Like, are you going to, oh, this might be in the next episode. Did I, uh, Oh, no, no, no. It's just I wrote it in a different place. Okay. I was like, why don't I have notes on this? <laughs> so basically, Farrah calls and she's like, you know, I just like, I want what's best for you. And I hope that like you see that you deserve more and that you shouldn't be marrying him. And Amber's like, look, I don't know what's real. And Farrah's like, well, did you ask him? <laughs> oh gosh and she's like well I don't know he's like denying it and I've called off the wedding but like we're still engaged but I called off the wedding and Farrah's like okay (laughs) this might have been the last nice thing Farrah did for anyone on the show Teen Mom calling Amber about this Um, I think Amber it really upset Amber when she watched it back because Amber thinks that anybody that talks about her is like violently attacking her it's like a super personal attack on her and that's when like Farah and this is when Farah and Amber like fall out then they have the fight at the reunion like that's all stemmed from this which is nutty like Farah did nothing wrong in fact she was quite nice about it in my head I remember something like Amber didn't know that conversation was being filmed but I don't know if I'm just making that up or if I read that once. I don't know why I remember that, but I do remember that like if that's the case, then I can understand why Amber's really upset because she thought that Farrah was just calling her to be like a friend. But it sounds like they're recording on Amber's end too. Like when I was watching this, I was like, no, that's not possible because we can clearly hear Amber and I don't think she's on speakerphone I mean she could have been on speakerphone but it sounded like they were also piping in like Amber's side 
Like they're recording on Amber's end too. I guess I'll, I would have to look into that. I don't know why my brain thinks that's the case, but it it does. So, you know, do with that as you will. Leave me a comment if you remember hearing that as well. Because if that is true, that's fucked up, right? Like you think your friend, even if you guys are on a reality TV show, is like calling to be sincere and then you find out it was actually filmed. Like I would be really upset about that too because you should always tell somebody when you're filming when you get on the phone with them. But I also I don't think I don't know. I don't know. That's not that that doesn't seem likely rewatching this scene. I don't think that's actually what happened. Matt just got an Amber's ear and convinced her that anybody that ever said boo about Matt is a bad person and should be ignored. And she is evil. Okay, so back to Matt and Amber. In this episode, there his friend Jeff is in town. If you'll remember, Jeff becomes a prominent player in Matt's life because Matt gets exposed for texting dick pics and then he blames that on Jeff and says it's Jeff's dick. And as for the tweets, how he eventually ends up explaining them is I was really drunk at a poker game and it was a bet to message them. It's like, what are you talking about, you fucking creep? Oh, the one other fact is Amber's really upset by this because when they started talking, Matt said that he knew about, he didn't know anything about Team Mom OG. He didn't know anything about her. He didn't watch Team Mom OG. He knew about Team Mom 2, but he didn't watch Team Mom OG, which is reasonably possible, right? Because Team Mom OG had gone off the air. Team Mom 2 was always the more popular version of the show. Like, you know, OG was kind of like whatever second fiddle Team Mom 2 was always the star of it it's what people really started watching Teen Mom because they got into Team Mom 2 because it was just a significantly better cast so it is like possible but obviously we know that's not true I, it was a good enough lie I guess for Amber at the time he was like I don't know anything about you and so now she's realizing like how calculated this is and it's like duh welcome to planet earth Amber Thanks for joining us here on planet Earth. But Jeff is here and they're talking about the wedding. And Amber's like, well, you know, I think it's going to be a small wedding, close family, because I don't have any friends. She's like, I don't have friends. I was like, that's sad. <laughs> that's a, that's sad. I think it's true. I mean, I know it's true, but it's sad. Amber should like get on the. I think Amber would do well with Internet friends. Amber should like somehow get some Internet friends. Amber, get on Reddit and find some community. I think she'd do well with that because she's like introverted and likes to be at home and by herself. And I think she could find some friendship companionship that way. That would be a good move for her, even anonymously. She could just say her name's Amber. She doesn't have to share what she's on TV. You know what I mean? Amber's a popular enough name. But she also says that she's going to invite all of the girls from Teen Mom because they're all great friends she says she's closest with Kate she's like Kate and I like we love each other we get along really great she's like Macy does her own thing uh and I was like yeah of course because Macy and Amber are not actually friends they've never actually been friends and then she's like and Farrah does her own thing but at that point she is getting along well enough with Farrah that she's going to invite her to her wedding that never ends up happening thank god Later in this episode, Jeff and Matt go to get tattoos, and it is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, maybe, on this show. I was having a really hard time following what was happening. So 
first of all, the woman that's doing the tattoos has this insane mohawk. It's like three feet high. Like she has hair length to her butt, probably mowed hawked up. Her sides are uh, buzzed. It was like, whoa, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> you know, it's like we're a tattoo parlor. Like MTV was very clearly going for that with like going to this place because, you know, they have to like get it film filming uh, approved in advance. So he's going to get a tattoo and they're talking about a tattoo he already has. And this one was kind of a bitch, but like, I guess playfully with Matt, I couldn't quite understand like the rapport the two of them had going on because he's like, oh, it means clean and sober. It's like Chinese symbols. And she's like, oh, you got that when you were sober? And he was like, no, I wasn't sober yet. And she's like, so why did you get it? And he was like, well, I like wanted to be. And I like thought if I did this, I would like really commit to it. She was like, that's stupid. (laughs) It's like, okay. I forgot to mention that Jeff and Matt go out for food and Matt is talking about how hard it is to be in the tabloids. But, you know, he just has to ignore it because it could really fuck with his sobriety. And as he's drinking a beer, he's talking about his sobriety. (laughs) And look, you guys know I've come a long way. I'm not judging other people's sobriety and recovery, but it's ironic to hear that. I am of the mind that Matt was never a drug addict, maybe an alcoholic, maybe he drank too much. I don't think he was ever a drug addict. I think he just uses a way to get him with Amber is what I think. And then he like made up this whole story about the fact that he relapsed when he needed to cover some shit up. By the way, my Roku on the screensaver I set up for it, it shows like a weather widget. But it's always set in September and the temperatures are like 65 degrees and it hurts my heart. It's so upsetting. It has been 100 degrees every day. It's unbearable outside. Okay, so then he says that, well, first the tattoo he gets is very weird. I didn't understand it. They didn't explain it at all. So it's like a hand holding up a sign. I wrote down exactly what it said because I was so confused. And the sign says, Gabba Gabba Hey. What? (laughs) Then he says that he has to get some tattoos covered up. And so he shows the woman off camera. I'm guessing it's like on his butt or something. What he wants covered up. And she was like, what is that? And he said, my Twitter handle. Or a Twitter handle. And she's like, why? He's like, I don't know. And she's like, so you don't want people to know your Twitter handle? (laughs) Also, when he was explaining how he met Amber on Twitter accidentally, she goes, how do you accidentally meet someone on Twitter? (laughs) She's like, you went to her account and tweeted at her, right? He's like, well, no. This lady like had Matt's number. It's really funny. Everything he said, she was like, what? Maybe she watched Team Mom and knew he's a fucking sleaze bag. Wouldn't that be funny if like Matt comes into your shop on camera and you get to like neg him at every corner? would love that okay so after this scene we get a scene of amber jeff and matt in the red escalade remember that red escalade they would drive around and matt's like this is bullshit and they're talking about the tweets obviously he's like we're not going to respond i'm not going to respond he gets a call from someone and he hangs up the phone he's like he says not to respond and amber's like oh he did and he's like yeah we shouldn't give anybody any attention about this we don't want anybody to think there's any validity to this we're just gonna ignore it i'm like who are they talking about do they i guess they hired a pr person 
right? Like, or a manager. It's somebody. Somebody's advising them not to talk about it, which is probably the right move. And Amber seems upset, but not really. But they're not fighting on camera. And the next scene is Amber and Matt are at the house. MTV comes back and... um. Mm, oh, this actually I think is the next episode, but I'm going to share it here. So MTV comes back and they're at the house and Amber goes, look at my ring. I got a new ring. Matt got me a new ring. It actually looked a lot like Macy's ugly ring. I was like, um, so you bought yourself a ring after you and Matt got into a huge fight about Farrah and Janelle? Okay. And the producer goes, how, how are you guys? How are you guys doing? And Amber's like, you know, like, we're okay we're like getting through it and then they bring up Farrah and Matt goes she's dead to me she's garbage she's dead to me which once again Farrah did truly nothing wrong <laughs> like I do not like Farrah and it's hard you're you'll be hard pressed to find me taking Farrah's side most of the time but she did absolutely nothing wrong she was 100% right she's like what are you doing marrying this guy that obviously does not respect you and lies to you which is the truth and this is after all of the extra kids came out. You know what I mean? Like, this is not the first thing that Matt ever did wrong. Like, this is lie on top of lie on top of lie. The fact that she stayed with him after this is just wild. That she didn't identify herself as a mark is for quite a long time after that. And he stole a lot more money from her. He really, like, was a good con man. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly... He did. He got so much shit out of that. He was driving fancy cars, all new clothes, jewelry, all that memorabilia he got. And then he left with thousands of dollars in cash in a book bag and went to Vegas. That really got some shit figured out. Plus, he was paid for Team Mom and then couples therapy or marriage boot camp, whatever they went on. The two of them together. Oh, it's such a nightmare. Amber is like doing this weird chipper thing where she's like, yeah, we're okay. And then Matt's like, I don't want to talk about this. We're not talking about this. And Amber's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> My God. Oh, Amber has this like crazy blonde hair. It doesn't look so bad far away. It's like one could say a Monet. You know what I mean? looks good from far away but up close it's a mess you can see the highlights that are like yellow like she has straight up yellow highlights that look nutty and I'm like Amber you're rich I never understand on this show when they have bad hair like I get it things are hard not not a lot of these women have style but like go get an expensive haircut or if you're getting your hair colored like go get a nice colorist she lives near a city like I'm sure in the city of Indianapolis there are some women that do hair well You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if she goes into the city, she can find a nice, expensive colorist who would do a much better job than that. But I don't think that's Amber's style. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. You know, I started watching the second episode because I was like, I don't know. Was that boring? Do I have things to talk about? Now it's an hour and a half later, as I do, right? If you want to hear me talk even more, please come over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash LizExplains. This week, I'm doing Shaws of Sunset with Princess. Guys, I've been rewatching some Shaws. I kind of fell off with Shaws. Been rewatching. Oh my God. I, the episode where Reza screams at MJ that her uterus exploded because she got 20 abortions and then Tommy goes and destroys his backyard. First of all, that's the hottest thing Tommy ever did. Uh, I stand by that. I stand by Tommy being right doing that. 
That is like the wildest thing. I forgot that Reza is like the biggest villain on Bravo, but not a lot of people watch Shaws anymore. So people forget and think it's like Ramona or Vicky or Tamara. No, 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 no. Reza is the number one villain of all of Bravo. He's so awful. And I've been loving rewatching some of this stuff and watching newer episodes that I haven't caught yet. So if you want to hear me and Princess talk about Shaws of Sunset, if you want to hear me talk about Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, I have a lot of gymnastics stuff up there. I can't remember anything else I've ever done because my brain is really fucked up. (laughs) Like, I don't know. What else have I done an episode on? Go listen to some of my very old episodes I just uploaded when I started this thing. Like an MTV Fat Camp. Troy and I did an episode, True Life not true life. We did an episode um, of Real World Las Vegas that season. I did do some true life episodes on there. The MTV Fat Camp episodes are really good. I love MTV Fat Camp. I guess it's time for me to revisit that again. I like to watch that yearly. It's like a touchstone for me. (laughs) All right, guys. I hope everybody has a nice weekend and I'll see you next week. Like I said, I may do another throwback episode or I may pop down on something else. We'll see. We'll see where I land. Okay, I will talk to y'all later. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.